Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. shares a special Christmas Eve message. Wrong people, wrong place, wrong time. Will you trust God in the moments when you can't seem to see Him at work? The story of Christmas reminds us that what appears to be an insurmountable circumstance becomes the perfect setup for God to move. Wherever you are today, we're grateful you're a part of this community. As we conclude another year, we reflect on God's faithfulness. Thus far, He has helped us. We respond in gratitude, planting a seed of faith in our annual Bricklayers offering. Discover how you can be a part at vuchurch.com slash vision. Now let's lean into the message together. Isaiah chapter six, verse nine. If you've got a Bible, wanna look at one little verse tonight. And uh, just glad that you're here. My name is Rich. We welcome you to Vu Church. If you're a guest with us, so happy that you could be visiting with us. Really our last in-person gathering of 2022. Uh, we will be back January 8th. Uh, excited to be preaching a brand new collection entitled Happy, Healthy, Holy. And uh, I know it's gonna be one that's gonna minister to you in the new year. It's gonna be great. People are already excited about it. Um, but also, I just want to uh, encourage people out there because we're at the end of the year. And if you're a part of Voo Church, if you're a guest, you're under no obligation whatsoever. But those that are a part of this house, we know that we're a generous church. And uh, we are always ending the year with our bricklayers offering. And people have been giving. You can give right up until the very end of the year. I would just encourage you lots of ways that you can give around here. Um, thankful for generous people. Would you believe on Christmas Eve that hundreds of people showed up three and a half hours ago to set up in the city and here in South Miami. Can we make some noise for every person who serves and gives? And there's offering envelopes right there at your chair and there's lots of ways you can give. You can make a check out to Voo Church. You can give with a cash offering by using that offering envelope. You can go online. That's probably the easiest, most convenient way for all of you to give. But however you're giving, we just want to say thank you so much for being generous this past year at Voo Church. We couldn't do what we've done without your help and participation. Tonight from Isaiah chapter six, if we can bring that up on the screen, I wanna read the scripture verse to you. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you believe it tonight, somebody said amen. I wanna talk for a few moments on this Christmas Eve service from the subject, wrong people, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> wrong people, wrong place, wrong time. And I think it's gonna encourage you. Uh, I love this passage of scripture that we're looking at tonight, one of the most famous passage of scripture. This is the prophet Isaiah announcing the Christmas story some seven, eight hundred years before it ever even happened. And this moment that we are gathering tonight, the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, I think that this is one of the most impactful historical moments that the world has ever seen. Maybe second to the resurrection of Jesus. However, how, how many know Jesus could never resurrect if he was never born? This moment that we are celebrating, we're celebrating the birth of God in the flesh. 
that when we couldn't get to God, anybody thankful, God came to us. And that's what we're celebrating, that I don't know what your traditions look like, I don't know what you're up to later on this evening or what you're doing tomorrow, but I know this, that all of it should be centered around this simple truth, that a baby was born, his name is Jesus, he is Emmanuel, God with us. And the Christmas story, if we're gonna be honest for a moment, is, is a very simple story. In fact, the way I wrote it down this week when I was thinking about it is that Christmas is not complicated, but Christmas is deep, it's profound. I don't know if you've ever seen that analogy before of an iceberg, but an iceberg, what you see with your eye is just a little bit of it, but there's a whole lot more to that iceberg. It's beneath the surface. You have to go deeper in order to discover just how big that iceberg is. In many ways, that's how the story of Christmas really unfolds, that as you just look at it at the surface, if you're not careful, you can think that you know all about it, but it's a much deeper, much richer, much more profound story. In fact, even this little passage, I don't know if you noticed it, but Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, this famous passage, notice it does not say a son was born. It says a child was born. Why? Because the son always was. The child was born, the son was given to us. Why? Because it's a deeper story than many of us ever really like to consider. And when I think about the Christmas story, at face value on the surface, man, all I look at is I see wrong people, wrong place, wrong time. How many of y'all know the Christmas story, it, it appears like it's the wrong people. You ever notice that um, when God picks people to use, he picks people that a lot of us would overlook? Like I was just thinking about some of the apostles. I don't know if the apostle Peter could cut it as a crew leader at Vu Church. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's gonna graduate from the growth track. Dude, cut off a man's ear, rejected Jesus three times publicly. I don't think he's even a candidate to serve at Vu. But thank God, our God sees what many overlook. The reality of it is that when you study the story of Christmas, it's a story about a 15-year-old virgin girl and a Jewish carpenter. At face value, they do not seem to be like good candidates that God is going to use or that he would call. They seem like the wrong people. Nothing about them. They're not wealthy. They're not famous. They're not uh, increasingly educated. They don't have royal blood. Nothing about them seems to be very special. But God sees something that you and I cannot see. Have you ever picked the wrong people on your team? If you get the wrong people on your team, that can be devastating. Let me take you back to grade school for a moment. Remember when you were out there and you got picked to be a captain? Might have been kickball, might have been basketball. Every human being on the planet, if you're the captain, when you're picking your team, there's two points of criteria that you look at. Number one, you look at their past performance. How have they kicked the ball in the past? Can he shoot? Can she dribble? If you don't have that data, what do you do next? You just look at their present condition. How tall is he, you know? I don't know if that's an athlete or not, you know? Um, what's their posture? Do they seem like they can get the job done? I want to encourage some people in this room today that when God starts picking his team, he does not look at your past performance. Anybody grateful he doesn't look at your present condition? Come on, anybody thankful for a God that when he looks at you, he looks at your future potential? 
I want to encourage some people in this room today that when God is picking his team, when he, God is calling people, he doesn't look at the past. He doesn't even look at the present. He sees who you could become with his grace on your life. Your history is not in charge of your destiny. Your current situation is not in charge of your future destination. We serve a God who can use anybody. This is what God does. He, he calls people that others would say they are unqualified. They could never be used. Trust God wherever you are. May I remind you, it was man who built the Titanic. It was God who built the ark. If God calls you to it, his grace will get you through it. And at face value, Mary and Joseph, they seem like the wrong people. But man, as you look a little bit deeper, they're the right people. Mary, we know she's 15 years of age, but she was a virgin. This was very, very important. Did you know that when a man and woman come together, it's the male chromosome that creates the gender of the baby. You ought to know today that Jesus Christ was all God and all man that he has got divine DNA inside of him. Very important, because when he was born, he was born sinless, he was born spotless. Why? Because Jesus was born to die. Today we're celebrating his birth, but we all know that he came to this earth to be born of a virgin because he was God in the flesh, because he was gonna pay the price for your sins and my sins. Mary was a great candidate. But it's not that she was just a virgin, it was that she had faith in her heart. The scripture says that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. From the very beginning, when you study the story of Mary, she had faith even from a young age in her heart. You see, the angel Gabriel came to Mary, but he didn't just come to Mary. He came to another man. His name is Zachariah. He was a priest. He first comes to Zachariah and announces to Zachariah, Zachariah, you and your wife, Elizabeth, you're going to have a baby boy and you are to name him John. When Zachariah gets this word, his first response back to Gabriel is, how can this be? We are too old to be having kids. This was John the Baptist the cousin of Jesus, who was to be the forerunner of the gospel, the one who was going to prepare the way for Jesus. It's a really fascinating story that we don't have time to go to. Luke chapter one, the scripture says that when the angel spoke to Zechariah and Zechariah said, how can this be? The scripture says immediately the angel says, you will not speak for the next nine months until that baby is born. Why? Because if we cannot get our words in agreement with God, it is better for us to be silent than for us to speak words of doubt. John doesn't speak for nine months until the baby is born. In that very same chapter, that very same angel shows up to Mary. And when he shows up to Mary, he says, Mary, uh, you're going to have a, a baby and you name him Jesus. And Mary, just like Zacharias, she too asks a question. Please understand, God is not intimidated by your questions. He does care about the intent and the heart behind your question. For she said, how will this be for I'm a virgin? It's a pretty good question, right? I don't understand. And the scripture says that the angel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will have a baby. 
Both ask a question, the question how, but very, very different. Zachariah is looking for proof while Mary, she simply has a question about the process. Zachariah wants a sign, but man, Mary knows who the source is. Questions so similar, but so different at the same time. Zachariah's question begs about the validity of the promise, where Mary's question is all about the responsibility that she must carry out for the promise. God is not intimidated by our questions. How can versus how will are very, very different. For as we study the story of Mary, they answer back to her. And what does Mary say? Mary says, I am your humble servant. May it be done the way you said it's going to be done. I want us to be a church that when God comes and speaks big things to us, we don't go, how can? We say, I wonder how he will do it. I know he can do it. I just wonder how will he do it? How's he going to meet your needs in 2023? Friend, if he parted the Red Sea, he could meet your need. How's he going to bring breakthrough to your life in 2023? If he could bring the walls of Jericho down, something tells me he can set your heart free. It's not a question of how can, it's a question of how will he do it? How will he do it? May it be the way you said it. I am your servant. She was the right person because she was a person of faith. Joseph, he seems like the wrong guy. He's just a Jewish carpenter. But man, as you start to study and go a little bit deeper, what you'll find out is, can you imagine being Joseph? I think every Christmas we just gotta stop and say, yo, that man, that man's different. He's engaged to Mary, hasn't slept with Mary. Mary's like, hey, I gotta tell you something. I'm pregnant. Who's the father? God. <laughs> the scripture says that he was going to divorce her quietly. See, Richard, doesn't seem like a big deal. It's a very big deal because under Jewish law, he had every right to have the woman stoned. But what you see about Joseph, just this simple Jewish carpenter, is that he was a man of mercy. He was a man of grace. Pretty important because Jesus Christ was going to come in grace and truth. Anyone grateful that he didn't just have a heavenly father, but he had an earthly father who modeled mercy? Not just that, Joseph came from the house of David. Very important because it was prophesied that the Messiah would come from the house of David. Not just that, Joseph was a carpenter. And last time I checked, the only thing that Jesus ever came to build was his church. It just so happened his adopted daddy knew something about construction. Therefore, Jesus was in the right home with the right parents. They looked wrong, but they were right. I want to encourage you tonight that maybe you feel like you're the wrong person, but trust God. He has a way of using what looks wrong on paper and turning around and using it for his glory. He can do anything with an available heart, an obedient heart, a faith-filled heart. You're not the wrong person. You're the right person. It's not just the wrong person. It's, it's the wrong place. I mean, this whole story, I mean, just go to Luke chapter two. Hopefully you read it tonight with your family, but it, they, there was no room in the inn, born in Bethlehem, born in a barn. For goodness sake, God was born in a barn. I have two little boys, four and three, Wyatt and Wild. 
pray for me. I could use that. And they love to swim. They swim in the backyard. And um, we're, we're in a moment right now with uh, both Wyatt and Wild, Don Shu and I just pray for us. We're new parents. We're learning. Um, two big rules. We're, we're trying to teach them how to swim with clothes on. They only believe in skinny dipping. And, um, and the other thing is they always, they always like to use the restroom in the bushes. And it's not that they have a problem at home, but the other day I went to a public pool and as soon as I looked, Wild had dropped his pants, jumping into the pool. At the very same time, I look over and there's Wyatt peeing in the bushes. And as I look at this, I felt the spirit of my mother, Robin Wilkerson, come upon me. I couldn't believe the words out of my mouth. Boys, were you born in a barn? If they knew better, they could say, no, but our Savior Jesus Christ was. Born in a barn. Jesus wasn't just born in a barn. If you study where he came from, he grew up in this area called Galilee. Very, very humble, humble place in a town called Nazareth. This whole area wraps around the Sea of Galilee. Do not let the Sea of Galilee trick you. It doesn't look much like a sea. It's a small lake at best. It's a very humble place. In fact, our team was just there eight weeks ago. Tomorrow, no church in person, but church at home. I'm preaching from the Holy Land. It's a dream come true. Love for you to tune in. You're going to be encouraged. But even the disciples, when he was calling his followers, there's a story right there in John chapter one with Nathaniel and Philip. And they're going, hey, let's go follow Jesus. And one of the disciples is like, Jesus of Nazareth? And this is the very statement. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything good come from that place? I don't know who you are today. I don't know where you've been in life. I don't know where you come from in life, but sometimes we can get the feeling that where I come from can hold me back to where God is taking me. Can anything good come from Westchester? Can anything good come from Hialeah? <laughs> can anything good come from South Miami? Can anything good come from North Miami? Can anything good come from this broken marriage? Can anything good come from this addiction? Can anything good come from this bankruptcy? You gotta go deeper. You gotta look beneath the surface. One thing about the story of Voo Church, man, I know that feeling. Can anything good come from here? Before we were here, man, we started in the Miami Rescue Mission. Can anything good come from Rescue Mission? Before it was the Rescue Mission, it was in my apartment. Can anything good come from my apartment? Before it was my apartment, it was a Tuesday night service in Miami Gardens. Can anything good come from a Tuesday night service in Miami Gardens? And if we're not careful, we will fall victim to this notion that where I have been and where I come from is going to determine where I am going. Not so with the grace of God. Let me put it this way in your heart. It is better to be anointed by God than to be advertised by man. So important. Study the Bible over and over again. God has the ability of taking what appears to be the wrong place and turning it into the right place. Noah was out there building in an ark, in an area, in a place that they had never even seen rain before. 
But over time, the rain started to fall and people started to show up when they got onto that ark. And they're saying, let me onto that ark. Crowds showed up. I want to encourage you, rain is coming. Keep building. Go to the story right there of Joseph. Joseph is betrayed by his brothers. He's put into the evil place of Egypt. But over time, he rises through the ranks and he becomes number two in all of Egypt. And before you know it, there was a famine and all the surrounding areas, even the tribes of Israel who had rejected him had to show up and bow down at his feet. It seemed like it was the wrong place, but God turned it into the right place. I'm telling you what, keep trusting God before the famine comes. John the Baptist is out preaching a message of repentance and revival in the wilderness. Not in Jerusalem, not in the city, but out where nobody else wanted to go. But the crowds kept coming. The Pharisees showed up. Why? Because it is better to be marked by God than it is to be marketed by man. I don't need to be marketed. I need to be marked. God, mark me. Mark me. When God marks you, that which feels like the wrong place becomes the right place. Jesus' whole story, it looks like it's the wrong place. Nazareth? I mean, now, today we know, but go there even right now. It's so small. Today it's miraculous, but then it was ridiculous. Many times that's how the miraculous works. It first starts out ridiculous. But no place seems more wrong than Bethlehem. Bethlehem? Jesus was born in Bethlehem? It's fascinating because once again, at face value, it seems like the wrong place, but it's actually exactly the right place. Bethlehem by definition means house of bread. How cool is that? Jesus Christ by his own word said, I am the bread of life. Therefore, the bread of life was born in the town called the house of bread, that if you take eat of him, you will never hunger again. But it was also prophesied, Micah chapter five, verse two, but you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, it was prophesied that the Messiah, Jesus, would be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the town in which David grew up. And I can't help but just believe that those who knew the story of David and Goliath, that when Jesus said, I'm from Bethlehem, faith began to rise up inside of them because Jesus is the true and better David. For David went and defeated Goliath. He did it with one stone. And the one stone that he flung at Goliath's head, all of a sudden, it became the people's victory, even though they never picked up one stone themselves. How many of you know, so it is with Jesus, that he came to this earth and he went and defeated this, the Goliath known as sin. And all of a sudden his victory became our victory, even though we didn't do anything whatsoever. It looks like it's the wrong place, but it's the right place. Wrong people, wrong place, wrong time, wrong time. Wrong time. I heard a story uh, about a woman who uh, was married to a man. She lived in the Midwest and she was going to go on a big holiday all by herself. 
and she was flying to London. And then from London, she was gonna make her way to Paris. Then from Paris, she was gonna go to Rome. And then from Rome, she was gonna go to Vienna. And when she got over, she was so excited when she finally arrived in London, uh, she got a phone call from her husband and she said, hey, what's going on? And the husband said, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. Uh, the cat died. She said, what? She started crying. And then she said, you are the worst husband ever. Your timing is awful. He's like, I, I, I don't, what do you want me to say? I don't know what to say. I, what, what do you want me to do? She's like, well, you could have told me when I got to London that the cat was on the roof. And then when I arrived in Paris, you could have said that the cat had fallen. And then when I got to Rome, you could tell me the cat's not doing very good. And by the time I got to the end of my trip there in Vienna, you could say the cat had died. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. She said, that's oh, okay. How's mom? He said, mom's on the roof. How many of y'all know timing is everything? <laughs> and when I look at the Christmas story, can you imagine just for a moment, it's just healthy for all of us just to think about the faith and the obedience of Mary and Joseph. Can you imagine Mary going, this doesn't seem like the right time. I mean, come on, I'm a young teenager. This is not the right time. But what I've learned about God is that many times, the right time for us is not the right time for God. Galatians chapter four, I don't know if you've ever seen it before, I'm gonna bring it up on the screen, but this is such a beautiful passage. But when the fullness of time had come, someone say the fullness of time. That's just an expression that the perfect time, that the perfect time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. That's good news today, friends. The scripture says that at the perfect time, at the fullness of time, it appeared to be the wrong time, but it was the right time. It's only looking back now that we can discover just how right it was. It was right on many fronts. Politically, it was right. This was a time when the Roman Empire was leading the charge. It was a worldwide power, and they were persecuting anyone that would not first call Caesar God, but they had one clause, and that was that they were sympathetic towards Jews. Well, when Christianity first started, they thought it was just another sect of Judaism, so they laid off of them, and it created a massive influx in the early days. The persecution that was happening to the early church in the very beginning was coming from Jews. But it wasn't just good politically, it was good culturally. If you know anything about this time, Alexander the Great had conquered the world some time before this, and with it, Greek, the language had been spreading, and Hellenization, the reading and writing in Greek, books were being read for the, at the fastest pace that had ever been read in the human history. With it, the faith was able to spread. But it wasn't just culturally, it wasn't just politically, it was also spiritually. One theologian or scholar said it this way, that Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, they plowed the ground of the human heart so that Jesus and his followers could plant the real seed of faith. People were open like never before to the truth of the gospel. Romans chapter five or six, one of my favorite passages, you see at just the right time, someone say the right time. 
when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, when I was all wrong, God said, I will make you all right. Christ died for us. This is good news. I felt like preaching it this way too. The right timing is not always our timing. The right timing is not always our timing. The Christmas story at face value, it just looks like it's the wrong people, wrong place, wrong time. But what you will discover is that Jesus Christ, he came and he died for us and he saved us and he redeemed us. Why? To make us all right. To make us all right in him. See, Jesus was born on purpose for a purpose. I don't know where you've come from today. I don't know how you got to this service or how you're watching. But it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a coincidence. Jesus came to this earth with a mission. You say, Rich, what is that mission? It's a really simple mission. We don't have to wonder what it is. He tells us what it is. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man, that's speaking of himself, came to seek and save the lost. He came to find those that are lost, to seek them out, and to save them. The other night, we were at the, 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 the zoo lights. If you haven't been to the zoo lights yet, let me just endorse them for a moment. Check out the zoo lights. And we are walking out, in fact, uh, here at the Somi location, uh, our friends, Omar and Erica Vasquez. In fact, can we give them a big round of applause? There are three daughters up here, Avery, Riley, and Zoe. And uh, we were walking out of the park and I, we were laughing because we we're walking out of the park and uh, the guys were up in front of the ladies and Omar had his stroller and he was pushing it. And out of nowhere, Erica came running out. She said, Omar! Where's the stroller? Like only a really responsible mom can say. And Omar's like, I got it, I got it. She's like, oh, okay, okay. And then I thought that was a good moment for me to pastor them. I said, Erica, come on. We don't cry over lost things. We cry over lost people. What a blessing I am to them. She said, Rich, I thought my daughter Zoe was in it. I was like, good point, good point. You're a better mother than I am, okay. Because how many know that if you're missing a child? The other day I was in my house, true story, this is two weeks ago. DC and I are hanging around the house. I'm watching a movie with both the boys, Waylon, who just started walking. She's all over the place. That's my little daughter, my favorite child. And, um, about four minutes in, I go, hey, where's Waylon? Where's Waylon? Anyone seen Waylon? And I kind of get up and I'm like, Waylon, you know, Wayzy, Wayway. You know, that's her street name, Wayway. And uh, I can't find my daughter. I'm like, Don Shree, Don Shree, where's Waylon? Now Don Shree's looking. It wasn't a very long time, it's about three to four minutes, but now we are like frantic, you know, like out the front door. I don't know where I thought she could have gotten, you know, Waylon, you know, like I'm yelling. I come back inside, my boys are still sitting on the couch watching a movie. I grab the remote, turn, I go, boys, your sister is missing. 
we're on a search party fighter. You know, like, like I'm freaking out at this four and three year old. They're like, okay, dad, you know, like. Four minutes later, we, we find Waylon. She was hiding in the curtains. When we found her, she goes, ha ha. I was like, you're sick. Um, but for a quick moment, I got a glimpse of what our heavenly father must feel like as he looks down upon this earth. He's on a search and rescue mission. He's coming to find people who are lost. He's coming to find people who feel like they're wrong. He's coming to find people who feel like they do not belong. In fact, I wonder sometimes if, as he goes by our church, does he find a bunch of people just watching TV going, when's this gonna be over? Or does he see a group of people that are on mission with him saying, man, we wanna step into the night, whatever it takes, we wanna find people who are lost. We're not gonna cry over lost things. We're gonna cry over lost people. Crowd for lost people came to seek and to save that which was lost. Lost. The way that he did that is this little baby grew into a man, lived a sinless, spotless life, and then went to a cruel cross because the scripture says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So Jesus died your death, he died my death. But it's good news because he didn't just stay in that grave. Three days later, he resurrected. And he said, Not only Will I pay the price for your sins, but now I want to offer you abundant and eternal life. How do I get this abundant eternal life? You simply believe. Tonight, maybe you're in here and maybe you're getting ready to go to a holiday party and maybe you go, Rich, I'm, I'm the wrong person, man. I'm the wrong person. Oh, Christmas would say otherwise. He comes and he finds you and he makes you right. But Rich, I, I don't know if I'm in, I feel like I'm in the wrong place. No friend, you're here in this room, you're watching online right now. I think this is the right place. I don't know if the timing's good. Oh, the scripture says, today is the day of salvation. This is the perfect time to come out of hiding and to surrender your life to Jesus. I can't think of a better birthday gift to give to God than his child coming back home and stepping into right standing with him. Would you bow your head all over this place tonight? No one's looking around, no one's moving. If you're here tonight with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just wonder if that's you tonight, that you're in here and you're you're wondering, am I, the, am I the one he's looking for? Friend, if you don't have a relationship with God tonight, he offers you one. I find it so interesting because my daughter, Waylon, she was hiding on purpose, not even two years of age, but on purpose, intentionally hiding. We do the same thing with God. And like a good father, you can run, but you can't hide very long. But God is a gentleman. He doesn't force you to do anything. He offers you an opportunity to make a decision to follow him, to come out of hiding. Tonight, if that's you, your head's bowed, your eyes are closed. If you wanna come out of hiding and walk into relationship with Jesus, on the count of three, would you be bold? Would you lift your hand up high enough and long enough just so I can see it? I wanna include you in this prayer of salvation that you too can step into right standing with God. You're the right person. You're in the right place. This is the right time. It's the right time.
Ready, one, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Two, don't look at your neighbor. It's not about your neighbor. It's between you and Jesus. Ready, one, two, three. If that's you, that's me, Rich. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You can put your hands down. Church, right there at your chair. Can we just all pray this prayer together? Say, dear Jesus, tonight I give you my life. I surrender all that I am over to you. I believe you are who you said that you are. Thank you for finding me. I love you, Jesus. I repent. I turn towards you. Fill me. Guide me. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Come on, Voo Church. Can we go ahead and celebrate some people tonight? Beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com online. We love you.